David, guess what? What? It's finally here. The weekend we've dreamt of for so long. It's May 2-4 weekend. Do you know what that means? It means hanging out, having a cold one. No, no. We live yourself? in Ontario. You can't do anything. You're, you're not allowed <laughs> to do anything. Sitting um, on my balcony by myself. It, it means beer. that the Ontario regulations are over for the winter and apartment buildings, schools, malls, all that stuff can turn off the heat. I mean, I think malls create, like control their own stuff, but like schools and apartment buildings, all the heat gets turned off this weekend. I'm so excited. This has literally been the hottest last few days. I just just think about it. Having a fan on in the middle of the night because it's like 20 degrees outside and the inside of your apartment's no better because the radiators are still on and pumping that hot water all the way through your your living space. I don't know these problems that you speak of because we have You're already like, running your air conditioners, so <laughs> we control the heat. Actually our furnace hasn't worked in like two years now. Oh. See we don't have uh like we don't have heat or volume or volume temperature control in our apartment. Oh. Do you know what we do control though? How hot this episode of the Seed on Screen podcast is gonna be. Spicy. Welcome, welcome to another spicy episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. It's me, Sean, and David. And me. You know what? I think the the best part about this May 2-4 weekend, for our American listeners, uh, it's how we, we celebrate Queen Victoria's birthday. She was one of the queens of England that you guys don't really give a shit about. And we've you all know, universe, we've literally, universal. <laughs> no one really gives a shit about it. It's just an excuse for us to have a long weekend and drink. It's uh, uh, the universal birthday party of Queen Victoria. Everybody goes to a cottage and gets ripped for three days. Yeah, that's what she was well known for. <laughs> uh, I think in the, the biggest thing about the May long weekend in at least in London, Ontario, not London, England, is that now you can legally park overnight on the streets. Just hey. in case, just no. in case, you know, we decide that Mother Nature decided to give us a, a dumping of snow in April and all the roads need to be plowed. Well, I mean, it's May now, so why would you? April, it always snows at least once. Yeah, but we cannot park on the street from what is it? It's Labor Day. <laughs> Labora <to> Day? <laughs> Labora Day to uh, the May 2-4 weekend. It's so stupid here. But yeah, not that that matters because it's not like we can really go anywhere. Yeah, so if you guys are bored and you're listening to this episode and you haven't already listened to episode two of what used to be called Table Talk, I know, shocking, <laughs> we came up with a new name. We are now, uh, myself, David, and Owen have agreed that we are three men and a meeple, which is a take on two men and a baby. We're no, really excited. three men and a baby. No, it's, it's two men now. No, it's three men and a I baby. I know, I just screwed it up. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> chastise me a little bit more. Why don't you? We figured, you know, because nobody knows what a kitchen table is anymore, apparently. Uh, Are you going to do this right now? You want to have this conversation? <laughs> All right. So, no, everybody, no. So David anyway, wanted so. to name the show Kitchen Table Games. And we tested this name around a few people. No, no. You asked like six people. That's, and a, f- all like, that's a few. Who has a kitchen table anymore? I want to meet these people. No, no. The question wasn't, hey, <laughs> Like I didn't walk up to people and be like, "Hey guys, we named our our set our like our complimentary podcast this." Now, just before I tell you the name, please remember you don't have a kitchen table. Okay, the name is Kitchen Table Games. That's not what happened. I asked people what they thought of the name and what the first thing they thought of. One person said it was a board game show where you'd be also cooking, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." And then other people were like, "I don't have a kitchen table." I don't trust any of these people because. I can make up. I can make up stories too. I'm just saying you know? the other the other host of the show also agreed that he didn't have a kitchen table. Owen he, was just joining in on on your bandwagon. He's got a kitchen table. I've been to his house. It's just not 
directly in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, where is it? In the dining room. It's actually well, no, it's it might kitchen well adjacent. Be, it might as well be the living room because it's attached to where they the same room that they have the TV in it. Oh, so it's a same, coffee table. I don't have a technic. I don't technically have a kitchen. It's it's a one big room that turns into a. It's a nook. It's just a big room. Anyway, so three men and a meeple. It, go, it works. Go listen to it after this episode. Go listen to it. We we <laughs> talk s- about or lots stop of great listening things. or stop listening to this episode. No, and go listen to that one and then come back to this one. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> so now that that's all over and done with, David and I wanted to. Uh, we didn't have enough time last week, but we were both frustrated because we we both had Amazon orders that didn't quite go as planned. Fast forward a week later. And my Amazon orders have just been a disaster lately. And even a little bit of a a grocery order snafu. But I got to tell you this story. So I ordered a gaming desk. Because my current desk is uh, how you say wobbly. Well, let's just say you ordered a desk. Okay. Just it's. (laughs) Yes, you're right. I ordered a desk. Yeah. But under the category, like it was called a gaming desk. I I literally could have just ordered a table. It doesn't matter. it, It has like carbon fiber print on it, right? Um, I don't think this one does actually. I think this one just has like a very large mouse pad. Mm. But anyways, so I originally and I got super lucky, I guess, kind of. So we originally ordered on a flash deal an L-shaped one. And then the more I measured the room, I was like, yeah, this doesn't really work for me. So we canceled it. Then we ordered another desk and we decided we were going to reconfigure our office area and I was just going to move to the other side. It was going to be all great. And it got damaged. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So they were like, we can either refund you or send you another one. So they sent me another one. This one also got damaged. And I got to the point where I was like accusing Amazon of being too lazy to deliver my package. Because it would arrive in Kitchener at like 3 a.m. I'd be like, okay, no problem. Cool. Then the next morning it was just undeliverable. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how is this possible twice? So I've ordered a third desk. We're going like the to same see. one, like no, three times. I actually kept like a it for whatever reason I remeasured because I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go down to a smaller desk. Um, I bought monitor arms so I can save a little bit of space, anyways, mm-hmm. um, and have them on a little bit of an angle and they're floating. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go down to a smaller desk. This will look a little bit better. So I'm currently using a 59 inch desk. I'm moving to a 55, but I ordered originally twice a 63 inch desk. Not that that really matters, but I have three monitors. You're going to regret your decision. Why? Oh, just because I know you. You're going to say, oh, <laughs> I should have got the bigger desk. Well, if you remember that part of the office where like, I'm moving my desk, there's like a little, um, I guess it's about a two-inch outlet into the wall where it's kind of like the cold air return for the building. So I can't really do much about that, and it fits in perfectly. So... It is what it is. I'm just, I'm going to, or I ordered a third monitor mount for my gaming monitor. And I'll just, instead of having it on the desk, I'll just have a lot more space underneath and I can keep it floating on an angle where it'll all look normal. But I've had issues with that, with like, we talked about it on the podcast, like Pokemon snap went missing. Amazon didn't believe me. It went missing. They're like, oh, you've asked uh, for a lot of refunds. And I was like, go through my account. I have not asked for a single refund in like two years. And she was like, oh, my mistake. It's an automated message. I'm like, yeah, like, come on. (laughs) Be cool, man. But they fought with me on that. It's just been it's been rough. Yeah, I I ordered a a copy of the core rule book for the Star Wars RPG (laughs) role playing game tabletop stuff. it was a pretty good price. Showed it shipped from the United States, so it came from one of their U.S. warehouses, which was fine. Uh, the first one showed up in a box, just kind of flippy floppy all around. No actual packaging to prevent it from flipping around. Yeah, and the the cover was all kind of like the corners were all banged up. The the uh, the binding on the the, the what's it called the edge of the book what the hell's the spine <laughs> wow uh was all kind of coming apart so uh i got them to send a replacement next one comes in even worse condition the box is like shoddily taped up it's got holes in it the the book itself is just like in horrible condition so 
I got them to send another one. And the third time they actually threw uh, two little bubble package things in there. And it had some minor scuffs, but nothing like horrible. Like it was, it, it was at the point where I was just sick of having to deal with like the exchanges and stuff like that. So I just kept it, but dude, say like I ordered a CD for Krissa. I was like, Oh, I'm going to surprise her. This is really nice. And I ordered her Taylor Swift's new album, which is an old album, but it's a new album. Go figure comes like somebody clearly stepped on this thing. I couldn't prove it, but like it literally had like a footprint on the package and in like the, the jewel case was cracked. Like, this was a gift. I don't want this. Amazon's like, well, typically with new items like this, we don't replace them. I was like, the hell you don't. This showed up broken. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, the most recent thing that I had with them, I ordered ordered some like just some batteries and uh, like a, a kind of a special charger for it that allows me to kind of check all of the how do I say uh, the battery power the, the, like the details of it like I can see like the actual capacities and charge all all that stuff what do you mean the battery health yeah but I can you know a whole bunch of stuff anyway so uh, I I got got it with like a coupon that they had and then some batteries it was a lightning deal and there was another coupon right so for some reason it went from being delivered tomorrow saturday to being delivered next wednesday so two weeks from when i ordered it and i'm like well what the hell and so i ended up reordering the the charger thing because it went on sale again so it went on sale for what i paid for plus another coupon so it was still it was like $60 cheaper so I ordered again anyways in anticipation of just whatever I'm just going to return those one that shows up on the weekend and so I contacted Amazon as like well like what's going on with this why is this going to take like another why is this two weeks and they're like oh um we just have a delay in shipping stuff I'm like well it's you know it was supposed to be delivered I ordered it like on a Friday, right? Like last Friday. Yeah. It's supposed to be delivered technically like, or it was able to be delivered by Wednesday, but I selected to have everything shipped together. Right. You know, to save the environment. Uh, so there's like really no excuse for it to take another, another week on top of that. But, uh, so I was just like, okay, whatever. Can you just cancel the charger part, uh, of the order? And then, because I, I just don't want it anymore. And they told me that they couldn't, do that because they would have to cancel the entire order because for some reason Amazon customer service can't cancel just one item in a order. What do you mean? So, They're Amazon. They can do anything. <laughs> I know, right? I think they just didn't want to. So I'm like, okay, well, fine. If you're going to cancel the entire order, can you at least give me the promo credit right? that I got? And here I'm thinking just on the batteries, right? So I wanted the equivalent of credit so that I could rebuy the batteries for the same price. Naturally. Right? So it would have been nine bucks or something like that. And they're like, sure, I can do that. So a few minutes later, like, okay, it's on your account. And so I went to purchase the batteries again and it wasn't showing up. I'm like, wait a second. Is this like credit only available for items that are sold and shipped by Amazon? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, that doesn't really help me because the batteries are sold by another company, but fulfilled from Amazon. So I'm like, whatever, just leave the, the order. I'll just re- return it when, it shows up. So it turns out that I just like I just went into my account and canceled the individual item from the, <laughs> from the order. And I went to buy smart because I, and I went to buy something else. Right. And the person had put a credit for the coupon that I used with the charger plus the coupon and the lightning deal price like discount from the batteries all all in one. So I have like a credit of like like 30 30 bucks on my account <laughs> that I have to use for something which I'm hoping to pick up the uh Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Ooh. When it comes back in stock for Xbox. Like I know that they have it on for PlayStation 4, but I kind of want to play it on my Series X, so. So, before we move on, I know I was telling you about this earlier and you were like, "No, don't tell me the rest of the story until we get on the podcast." So, ultimate delivery fail. Uh when I'm not home because we only have one car, um, my other half will sometimes order groceries. Okay. 
not a, not an uncommon practice. Every a lot of people use Instacart, especially with COVID, right? Okay. The way Instacart works is you place your order, they verify it, they go to the store, they pick everything up, and they're supposed to, when they're shopping, text you if they can't find something. Well, as luck would have it, we had the laziest asshole ever today. Okay? Here are some things wrong with the order. First of all, we ordered, like, we ordered a few different things, and they didn't show up. They were like, oh, we're trying to find replacements, blah, 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 you know? The, the basic, like, okay, I'm trying to avoid things, right? Crystal ordered four bananas. We have 16 bananas. Well, like... <laughs> no, no, this is... The better part is... Ju- just wait. We ordered sal- a specific salad dressing. They showed up with coleslaw dressing and coleslaw ingredients. What? Uh, chia seeds? <laughs> no, bro, you're getting flax seeds. Um, we ordered a roaster chicken. Not only was it upside down in the package but it was open so all those chicken juices ruined a bunch of stuff okay doesn't sound like a lot right so i'm on the phone with instacart's customer service and they were like yeah we'll just uh give you credit for the items that we're missing i'm like no i want my money back we had to go to the grocery store and buy all this stuff after Mm -hmm. and i'm like fighting for our um like the delivery fee to be refunded right and the guy goes you said here that you got 16 bananas, and I can see that in the picture, but you only paid $2. Or no, he said you only paid 32 cents for this. I was like, what? So we're like looking through the receipt and going through it itemized. And like we came to the conclusion that not only did the Instacart guy like screw up the order, he stole 12 bananas. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what but the hell? He's like, Rob- no, no, that guy's like Robin Hood. He literally stole bananas for you. He's a sheriff of Nottingham, that's yeah. for sure. So here's where it gets amazing. Chris is getting ready for work, and she receives a call. So she's like, come on up. Door's open. Her buzzer's open, right? Bring it upstairs. Not even two seconds later, she gets a notification on her phone. You know how like, Amazon will sometimes like send you the cute little picture like, hey, this is where I left this? Yeah. This guy didn't even put it on the bench in the lobby. He got two feet inside the sliding door left every bag on the floor and took off just all the food everywhere. Like just for anyone to take. Yeah. Like the grocery, like literally walk, like in the footpath, the main footpath of the building didn't even put it off to the side. Just dropped it. Like were they just in like plastic bags? Yeah. <laughs> and one of the plastic bags was open. That's the worst part. Somebody like took it upon themselves to look in the bag. Because, like, well, Instacart's supposed to tie off all the bags. Right. So. See, you, that's why you don't use these services. We've never had a problem, ever. Mm, it's been see, a, a convenient thing for us. We did the uh, online grocery order once through Walmart. Well, there's um, your first problem. Well, because they had, like, a $20 off your first order of $70, I think it was. So, like, it wasn't too bad. And, you know, I... Walmart is the only place that can that you can buy like the soda stream syrup stuff. Yeah. And and we needed to restock on those. So we got that and a few other things that we needed. So we tried that out and it it was pretty good, except they, for some reason, couldn't find the Ben and Jerry's ice cream that we had ordered. Those bastards. I don't know. Maybe next time you should just uh, do do like the Superstore one or Loblaws or Metro. Like a lot of these grocery stores have these things where you just order it and then just go there and pick it up. We're not going to have to worry about it anymore. The Walmart across the way from us here is uh, becoming a super center. So all of our groceries will be not even a hundred yards away. Well, there you go. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Um, oh my God. Speaking of ordering things, I did bad thing. Just did a bad thing. I regret the Ready? Yeah, what'd you do? I bought some Lego. Now, I didn't buy like... Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah, I know. I haven't bought Lego in a long time. It felt kind of cool. Uh, it wasn't like I bought my dream Star Destroyer, because that would... I have no place for it. Let's let's be real. The size of my apartment, I do not have space for the Star Destroyer. You got to yeah. find space. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should go in the, like, in the bedroom. No, I uh, didn't do 
the Darth Vader mask. I didn't do the Stormtrooper helmet that I wanted. Nope. I bought the Friends apartment that went on sale today. And nice. I, I got to tell you, I felt really silly. <laughs> I was like, what, spending $200 on a Friends Lego set? Yeah, have you have you seen it? Yeah, Angela was showing it to me. Uh, the fact that like they come with different props, including Joey's head and the turkey, the canoe, um, a bunch of mini figurines, and like I think it's almost twenty two hundred pieces. It's really cool. Um, Chris is really really excited. We were able to get our hands on one. I had to become a Lego VIP to even have an attempt at getting it for the pre order today. And I should have it in time for the Friends reunion next week. So that's pretty fun. Pretty, pretty stoked. Pretty excited. And huh. if, if, you, if you want to talk about other really bad things that I did, I don't like spending money on Warzone. Warzone is free to play. I've earned enough coins that I never have to buy uh, Seasons Pass. And I bought the 80s Action Heroes stuff. Oh, wait, you actually have to pay for that? Yeah, like you you have to buy the content uh, You get really? like, like the that stuff's in the game. Um I, I can't I let me find out what the the equivalent would have been in coin value, but I, I think it was about twenty bucks to buy like Rambo and John McLean. Or the John McLean adjacent. How upset are you about that right now? That you have to buy it? That's kind of BS, but well, it's all the content you know, it's just, packs, right? It's going to be everyone just running around as Rambo then. Well, that happened at um, Halloween. There was this whole... Uh, there was like a Michael Myers and a Jigsaw. And each of those packs were like 24 bucks. And like, I mean, it's fun if you're going to play all the time and you are you can like justify the value, right? Like for me, I, I found it hard to justify the value for this purchase but I also kind of looked at it as like, okay, I don't do this very often. Die Hard, amazing Christmas movie, one of the best ones ever. Rambo, greatest action star of all time, or action hero of all time. Why not? It's only 20 bucks, right? You're mad at me like, for that one. It's it's a skin, though. You spent 20 bucks on a skin. And guns. You're telling I mean, me you, like, you've never once was, paid for was... a cosmetic bump on a game? Uh, No. Your fault. No, right? I, I have not actually. I uh, know. Yeah. I would like. I would. I would pay pay for this if it was like ten bucks, right? But twenty bucks is a little steep. Yeah. But you can unlock this stuff like you by just winning, right? Uh, there's uh, an event that I haven't unlocked yet. Um, I'll be honest. I only downloaded it and got it ready. I just didn't do anything else with it. Um, I've been uh, I've been going back to to my old days, and I've been playing some Rainbow Six. And I got to tell you, with that 4K update on the Xbox, it's uh it's very different. I feel like it's a brand new game, and it's harder somehow than it was, or my mind is slower, and I'm not nearly as good as I was. That's probably it. Or you just never really were as good as you thought you were. I was fairly average. Yeah, we we were pretty good when we were playing. Yeah, I ne- I never peaked at platinum, but I-, I hung out in gold for a while. So yeah, um, have you played any games that have been like reoptimized for the Series X or the PS5? You know, to be totally honest with you, I I don't know. <laughs> Aside like, from Watch Dogs, <laughs> like I'll play. No, that wasn't even that didn't even have a Series X patch when it came out. I don't this even know if it does true. yet. I don't even know if it does. Um, I saw something on M4G, like people were reviewing it, so it must be here or it must be close. You know, like with this with the Series X, like a lot of games just take advantage of the the updated hardware anyways, that a lot of games run a lot better almost. Mm-hmm. Um and even they're they're releasing patches for some of like the Xbox three sixty like backwards compatible games and even uh some of the original Xbox backwards compat games to kind of take advantage of the increased power of the uh, Series X. I don't know. And the thing is, is like the, the games that we're playing right now, there's nothing that has come out that has really been mind boggling in the sense that like, oh my God, this is truly a next generation game, right? Like the, the leap from the Super Nintendo to the N64 
or this like PlayStation one, like that was significant. That was huge. Mm -hmm. The leap from the PlayStation one to the PlayStation two, that was huge, right? Like, so every generation, the technology and the, the power of the systems are so substantial that it is visually and like, it is a completely different gaming experience. Right. Whereas I find that because the PlayStation five and the Xbox series, they are a generational leap, right? Like the hardware in there is significantly more powerful than the Xbox one or the PlayStation four, but because there's not really many games that fully take, take advantage of the updated hardware that it just doesn't feel like a fully next generation time to be alive. You know, I, you are totally right. Cause I, I was getting ready to prime you with this question. Do you feel as if, so this generation started in November and some people would maybe state that the generation hasn't really happened yet because of the, the shortages in parts and the, the lack of supply for the new consoles. It hasn't really taken off as much as the last generation did. However, do you feel like the games even have have started slower and you like it doesn't really feel still like we're what six months out? It still doesn't feel like, oh, my God, I have a Series X for a reason. No, I have a Series X to play fucking Call of Duty and now Rainbow Six. I'm playing well, the like, show on it, but like there's no hard drive space either. It It sucks. Well, the the storage space is kind of a limitation of the technology cost and uh, game sizes are just stupid, right? But that's that's bound to happen, right? Like we went from eight bit games on a cartridge that held like you know sixteen kilobytes to now we're using ultra high def uh, UHD Blu-rays that can hold a game install, right? Like these are hundreds of gigabytes of of games, so. I, th- I think a big part of the slowness, so to speak, not talking about the lack of consoles actually being available because mm-hmm. that's its, uh, its own problem. But I think part a big ch- part of the delay in true next-gen games is because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Because when you think about it, when was it? It was like oh, just over a year ago right? The entire world pretty much shut down. True. Right? So a lot of game development that took place, or just a lot of work in general that took place in offices where you can, you know, if you had a question, if you had a problem, if you were working on a project, you just walk down the hall to, you know, Joe's office and toss ideas back and forth, or you have your meetings together every morning and then go work on stuff. Like, the workflow was a lot faster in pretty much any aspect, any, any um, industry. So then everything went online and work from home. And there was a, a transition period, right? Where people had to get hardware to their homes and, and set up to, and able to do that. And then communication slowed down because it was all limited to email and Zoom calls and, and all that. So I think a big part of the lack of new games or games that really kind of pushed the generation is due to the pandemic, Right. Yeah. Uh, Like how many games were delayed over the last year? Too many. Right. Too many. And now that they're, they're coming out and I think people are, it's easier for developers to push patches and updates for their games that they made for the PlayStation four, the Xbox one to take advantage of some of the increased hardware specs for the, of the PlayStation five and the Xbox series. Right. Mm hmm. So we're getting these games that have updates, like Subnautica is one. Uh, Subnautica, which what's the uh, what, the sequel just came out, and I forget what it's called now. I have a huge brain fart. Um, but that just released like last week. Below zero. Below zero, yeah. Uh, and they just released a PlayStation Five version of Subnautica, and it was like a free update to owners of the PlayStation Four version. Um, I think it's the same on the Xbox. Yeah, they came out with this, like, this new game, but they also just updated the the older one. So you're still playing the same game. It just might have better reflections and stuff like that. So I don't think that we're really playing anything that's, you know, 
a, a huge leap forward. I, I hear Returnal is actually pretty good uh, for PlayStation 5. I'm kind of waiting on that one to go on sale, but it, it looks like a really good game. Um, but again, I think a big problem is that because people don't have the consoles, there's still the hardware problems yeah, or, or manufacturing problems for the hardware that there's less of a drive as well for publishers or developers to push new games out because it's like, okay, well, you know, they've only sold Sony's only sold, you know, 10 million PlayStation fives, whereas there's a hundred million PlayStation four still out there. So why are, why don't we just work out a patch for some of these older, like these games that we made on PlayStation four for PlayStation five, at least so that by the time people have the PS five, they're going to be able to, they're going to transition more or, or there's more of a reason for them to transition to that next system, right? Because it's like, oh, I own this game and I can get a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version or the Xbox Series X version for free. Well, you know what? That's more incentive for them to buy the new hardware when yeah. it can come available. No, right? you're you're absolutely right. I think the the one thing that's becoming very primitive in the industry is even if you look at games or um, websites like N4G, which pretty much curates any article or review, it's the same thing over and over again. It's like The Last of Us performance patch. And that's like mm-hmm. the first seven articles. Deathloop mm-hmm. on the PS5. We're not going to see that till September. Like It's just the same things over and over and over again. And I, I'm just worried that this is going to be a short generation. Because by the I, I time they catch up... I don't think up, it's going to be a short generation. I think it actually will be longer so, because yeah, go ahead. I, I want to hear I, your reasoning. I just think it's going to be a longer generation because of the, it's been so long in getting the hardware into the player's hands, right? That Sony is, and Microsoft are going to want to recoup their costs of this generation. Right. And when you think about it, like the PlayStation four, that was the PlayStation four and Xbox. That was what? Seven years. 2013 to 2020. And that was a long generation. It's it's like averages like five years, right? For most. So I could see this one being 10 years before the next the next generation. Well, I, I hope you're Assistance. honestly right, because I feel like this one's going to be. How, how do I put it? I think Sony's going to come up with it, come out with their cheaper alternative in about a year. And then. Yeah, they might come out with like a slim version that is doesn't have maybe as much RAM or video yeah. compute and power and stuff like that. Just and to just to sell at a lower cost, right? Which is going to drive sales to that one and maybe not necessarily the PS5. Then Sony's going to be like, "Oh my god, we're not selling enough PS5s. We should sell we should make a PS5 Pro because that's Sony's MO. They do the same thing every time." Then they're going to do that, and the life cycle is going to be shorter because the PS5, unfortunately, due to supply and demand, isn't ever going to sell optimally. I think it's going to sell based off its supply, but you're never going to be able to get the supply chain pumped to the point where everybody can have access to one, and it's going to be more of a quote-unquote exclusive console. Like, oh, do you remember when I got the PS5, but you got the PS5 Slim, or you got the PS5 Pro because you couldn't find a PS5? That's just the way I'm looking at it right now. I I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't see it going that way. Um, but Microsoft the, the, already jumped ahead of it. They did. The, they did the the one and two already. They they took advantage. But I think Microsoft's goal was to market towards two very different people, right? Like the people that kind of want updated hardware and and a gaming system that they can like that that, that that's easily and cheap cheaply accessible right and then they have like the more powerful hardware for like the hardcore gamers right yeah whereas sony just kind of they did what sony always does right like they come up with this is the console this is what you get they change it up this this generation by having a disc version and a digital version very similar to what sony or what microsoft did except the hardware is the exact same the only difference is that one has a, a disc drive and the other one doesn't like the the actual power of the systems are the same you're you're saying that you know the playstation 5 is going to be more of an exclusive system because of manufacturing issues but i don't think sony is going to come out with another iteration of the playstation 5 
until this one has sold enough units. Um, because right now they are they're struggling to build them just because there are shortages on microprocessors. That's See, I the think main... it's all by design. I just, no, for that's... whatever reason. Well, okay, so a completely unrelated industry, Samsung announced that they're not going to be creating or releasing a Note 21 this year because, solely because of the shortage of microprocessors. Do you know why, though? It's not, well, I'm going to just make shit up at this point, but the Note 20, the Note 20 is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's a very good device. No, but, but the Samsung is just like Apple. They come out with the next generation of their phones every year. Right. Yep. And there are a, there's a huge market for the Note series of phones. There's people that have had every Note phone. I have the Note. 10 plus and i had the note 9 beforehand and they're great phones i absolutely love it but uh it's it's not just sony and excuse me and microsoft and even nintendo's having problems right now they can't manufacture nintendo switch consoles because of shortages on microprocessors and that's the problem right now because there's the factories that are making the components to make these devices that we use are unable to make them until that problem is solved. There's going to be a shortage of a lot of this stuff. Um, same thing happened with solid state drives. You know, there's a shortage of uh, memory chips that are, are being made. Like, so it's a lot more to than just this, I don't know, conspiracy that Sony is purposefully limiting the stock of their consoles. I, I'm not saying it like, I'm not trying to make a conspiracy. Like other people have already done that first. Mm. I, I'm just saying if ever a time to be like, Oh, like I wouldn't put it past Sony to make the PS five or like the launch PS five considered a collectible item because if they limit it and they come out with in November, even or at E3, they drop some nugget, which, Oh my God is three weeks away. Well, I guess the presentations, but if they come up with this nugget and they're like, yeah, we decided that because these ones were harder to build the components for, we have this one coming out. And then in six months, we have a pro version coming out. They've now done two things. They've cornered the market on the ones they have and kind of screwed the, the, the current scalpers a little bit because they've already sold and now they're worth that much more. And two they've turned around and they've created two new consoles one they'll make money on and one they'll probably lose money on no nah. the, fact, the fact of the matter is they're they're losing money right now and so that and that's the thing that's why they're not going to come out with a a pro version of the playstation 5 because they're already losing money on the playstation 5 i could see them coming out with a slimmed down version of the ps5 you know kind of uh to compete with the xbox series s but do you think it changes its image? The hardware? No, I, I think if they can make something that um, runs not worse is not the correct word, but you know what I mean? Like that doesn't <laughs> run to the <laughs> to the same specs as the PlayStation 5, just like the Series S. Then they are targeting the market of people who are interested in the system, but don't want to spend the money on it and don't want to pay scalper prices. So I, I think your idea of them coming out with a pro console is very, very unrealistic. The reason why they came out with the pro console for the PlayStation 4 was one, to compete with Xbox. And two, the PlayStation 4 was actually pretty underpowered in comparison to the Xbox. It sold a lot better because of, honestly, because of its games. Um, and it was more accessible. But the the Pro, like the PS4 Pro, while more powerful than the, the PlayStation 4 Slim or the, even the OG PlayStation 4, was still severely underpowered in comparison to the Xbox One X. And on Microsoft's side, the Xbox One X was literally just a stepping stone. It was like a half generation because it was it was significant enough to be a powerful enough console to be considered a generation uh, leap, right? Mm -hmm. Because we went from games, a lot of games running only at 1080p or or less, right? 
30 frames per second to actually being able to play games at 4k 60 frames per second you know maybe not full 4k but you know there's a lot of games that took advantage of it and 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 played fairly well the xbox one x was like i said more of a stepping stone think of it like as a 0.5 generation and all it did is really extend the the lifespan of the xbox one console right Mm -hmm. until the series x came out and i think part of that gave developers time to take advantage of more powerful hardware and then now that the series s and x are out they already know kind of what they can do with the uh with the system wild idea sony should pick up the phone call their buddies at samsung and be like hey man what's that thing you always do with your s series phones into the a series phones and then samsung is going to be like yo here's the here's the t what we do is we take the the s series phone we repackage it and call it an a series phone and then resell it a year later they should just repackage the ps4 pro add a little bit of ram call it the ps5 Lite. boom well, million dollar idea. <laughs> Samsung, <laughs> you know, does their A series phones do have l- lower quality components? Yes, <laughs> you, you just heard what I said, right? They just repackage them. Not really, but kind of, but not really. No, one hundred percent. But yes, <laughs> um, E three also starts June twelfth. Just so you know, we're a few weeks away. Yeah, but like there's uh it'll be interesting this year, right? Because it's all digital again, right? Mm-hmm. Um Sony's not uh joining. They're going to have their own separate state of play thing again, which they're pulling a Nintendo on this one, like wh- whatever. Nintendo did it first. Do you want the list of everybody coming? Uh Coach Media, Gearbox Entertainment, Bandai Namco or Namco Sega, Warner Brothers Games, Take-Two Interactive, Capcom, Square Enix, Ubisoft, Xbox, and Nintendo. Do you know what company is missing from here that's not Sony? Ubisoft. Yeah, and Electronic Arts. Oh, yeah. And, like, EA is a a colossal waste of an hour. But you have to watch it to see the the footage of Madden and The Sims 4. Just give them The Sims 5, EA. Come on, I'll, I'll say this every podcast. Give the people what they want. Not some interior design pack number two. Anyways, yeah, so I don't know. I don't even know what to expect. We're going to have to do a prediction show, and our prediction show is going to be like, uh, throw the shit at the wall. Show, yeah, pretty much. Like, let's make a one of those uh, idea things on the board, you know, where you put bubbles and words and stuff like that. Oh, and we'll word just throw cloud. some, like yeah, it. word clouds, and we'll just uh, throw darts or something like that. See, see what lands. Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird that EA is not here. I can't see anything anywhere. Unless they're going to join in on like another, like if they're going to partner with say like Microsoft on theirs or, or maybe, maybe it would make sense with Microsoft. You're right. Yeah. Or maybe EA's games are going to be shown in individual, like in, xbox or microsoft's presentation in sony's state of play you know instead of them having their own thing just let sony and microsoft do it for them uh e3 2021 e3 ea at it might they might just do an ea play yeah that's a possibility they're, they're running an ea play on july 22nd 2021 so there you go they will not be attending e3 shame bummer <laughs> How else will I learn about another Star Wars game? Actually, I shouldn't even bitch because I've enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Actually, you know what? Out of all the things that EA were to show off, if it, they show off uh, some more of their their rumored new Star Wars games, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, you mean all the ones that were at the end of their license? Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right, so we have two topics left. We have Pokemon Snap and we have Tabletop Simulator. I kind of want to dive into Tabletop Simulator before we do Pokemon Snap and then kind of close it out how's that sound sure so tabletop simulator for those who don't know is exactly what it sounds like it's a computer game that is literally a tabletop game simulator it and simulates uh, a kitchen table yes it's a simulator kitchen table simulator and we've started using it for some content on uh three men in a meeple 
Now, the cool thing about it for me, and I know David's used it a lot more, so he can probably talk to it in a little bit more detail, was it takes away that... Um, for some games, it takes away that element of counting and math, which is kind of fun. We played Azul, which was incredibly scripted to the point we didn't have to do any of the the math, which was kind of nice. And I'm I'm curious to see if like other games like Monopoly and stuff do the same thing where like money counts itself. I know there's like Catan simulators out there, so you don't need to use GTS. So f- with that one, the main thing with uh, Tabletop Simulator is that games on there are made either either the the actual game like board game or tabletop game developer can can make their own script or whatever but a lot of the games are made by the community and they're scripted themselves so uh the the one version of azul that we played was scripted but someone else could make another one where you literally have to do everything right you have to move everything the the scripted version made it just really easy to just kind of get in and play the game yeah, it was very and seamless. For say games like uh Betrayal at the House on the Hill or Dead of Winter, you're still having to move everything. The the only thing that's pretty much done for you is the basic basic setup. Whereas uh things like uh Tabletopia, which we've played Everdell on, same idea. You know, the the board itself and everything is already set up for you. Uh but you're still having to move components and stuff like that. Yeah, the I, w- I was going to say the one thing I did notice from Tabletopia versus TTS when we were playing Betrayal is although like you do have to lock in your pieces and everything seems to be seemingly like bang, bang, like every- everything is very clean. The counters mm. are clean. Everything's clean. With Everdell, I found like if you zoomed in the wrong way or you looked at something the wrong way, you had a hard time kind of figuring out what was going on. Yeah, and, and that just kind of comes down to the assets that they whoever made the game mod used, right? Like um sometimes, you know, they have to scan all of the cards themselves, so to speak, right? Like they have nothing not everything is made officially, right? So there might not necessarily be an official version of Dead of Winter on tabletop simulator um so anything in there is actually made by uh the community member whoever put it together so the fact that though that there are people making these games in completion adding all of the content in there so you know really like tabletop simulator it's like 20 bucks right and with that you can literally play tabletop games with anyone anywhere in the world and there's there's hundreds and hundreds of games that people have made that you can play in there it's really great for playing new board games so like kickstarter is a a prime example a lot of times companies that are doing kickstarters for tabletop games they will release a digital version of the game on tabletop simulator or on tabletopia for people to play using you know like the the uh the rule set that they currently have with all the assets that they made it's a great way to get people into a game without having them to have to buy the game right away right like mm-hmm. and it's it's a great way for people especially nowadays when you can't actually get together regularly to play these board games to play games together you know um we 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 played betrayal at house on the hill right so in order for us to get everyone together that's virtually impossible right now but we had this and when we were playing together right did it feel like we were all there together playing you know even though we were at our own houses on our own computers like we were talking laughing having a good time together yes right and that ultimately is the experience that you're you're looking for in these games I've played a few where uh, I just been I just joined in a game with people and there's no voice chat or anything like that. You're just playing with randoms and yeah, it's kind of fun because you're playing this game that you enjoy, but you, there's not that interaction that you'd normally get from a board game. But I have some friends that have played hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of hours on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, one of my friends right now is actually current currently playing it and. Let's see, six hundred and four hours 
in Tabletop Simulator. I have like four hours in Tabletop Simulator. I have about ten and a half. Owen right now has about 20 hours. Yeah, and that's uh, two games of Twilight Imperium. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but still, it's like this allows people to play games that they otherwise wouldn't be able to. You know, um, I will Owen s- and I have gotten together and played a few games on here. And, and it's good because like it allows you to practice playing games as well. You know? Yeah, I will say the... The interface makes it really, really enjoyable, but I don't feel like I have that boredom. Like sometimes, you know, when you play a board game and it just gets like stale or bored, like boring a little bit. I feel like because you always have to be like, it's a different level of paying attention. You have to like be super focused. You, you don't get as lost in the conversation you're having with people because you like, you're it's right in front of your eyes. Like you have a microphone in front of you. Yeah, you kind of have to focus on what everyone's doing because it's not like everything everything is all sprawled out there, but you have to control your viewpoint, mm-hmm. right? So if you're zoomed in on something or if you're looking at another aspect of the board and someone else is doing something somewhere else, you know, you're not going to see it. Whereas if you're playing at an actual table in the same room with everyone, you know, you, you see everything all at once. You know what people are doing. So, the, the, yeah, you, you do have to pay a little more attention. Which, I don't know, I, I guess can get you more involved in the game. Yeah, like, no, 100%. I feel, um, when we were playing Betrayal, I got into that same mode that I get when we play certain games. And I won't spoil it, because we do have a, a special YouTube presentation coming up. But we were able to predict the ending of that game because of an error the trader made. Like, with, like, six turns well, to go, we were able to no, figure no, out how no. we were going to end it. I wouldn't say it was an error that they made. We we got really lucky yeah the thing with betrayal is that it it is very random but sometimes that randomness uh will work into the extreme favor of one team or the other uh and just the way that things turned out you know the the haunt that happened and the uh the positioning of the rooms it worked out in our favor and regardless of whether or not the trader had played the move that they originally were going to, or, or that, sorry, that they originally did, or the one that Owen was trying to tell them that would be better. We still would have won just with how everything was laid out. Yeah. It's not one of those things that because of the platform that we were playing on or, or the way we were playing, it made it easy for us to win because we could have very well lost that game as well. If, anyone was in a different position right yeah like it it was it was a very unique situation and a lot of it kind of happened because owen and i started screwing around in the middle of the game which was kind of annoying you but we got lucky because we kept we stayed in the same area for so long that it just happened uh like an event card happened to roll in our favor well and and the the thing is is like it was just super lucky that we that the, the haunt it, that happened. Yeah. No, I'm not. It was just super lucky that the haunt that happened happened because of where everyone was, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh that is a a conversation. We're we're gonna get more into betrayal at House on the Hill. I know that um, with our new show, Three Men and a Meeple, we will try. We will be transitioning a little more tabletop and board game talk to that show. It's still going to happen on this one mm-hmm. for sure, because that's, you know, it's a, a hobby that we like and that's what the show is about things that we enjoy to do. But we, we do plan on having a special episode just about betrayal at the house on a hill. Uh, that's going to come out in a few weeks. Yeah. Where we're going to take uh, a, a beginner and intermediate and an expert approach to how the game was played. But we also wanted to talk about TTS because we downloaded it like two like two weeks ago, and we've already got our twenty dollars worth out of it. Like I feel like oh, I've yeah. already paid oh, yeah. for it. Oh yeah, I can and get it's a so easy to here. yeah, and it's so easy to just you know start the game up and load up a game right, and <laughs> and I always think it's funny like you know switching through different games and it loads it for everyone. If you're in the same room, like everyone, the game just loads automatically for them. And they don't have to do anything. So you can explore a lot of different games really quickly and find something you want to play. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. Um, much like the last game we're going to talk about today. Pokemon Snap. 
David and I have finally had the opportunity to play it, only because mine took literally a week longer to arrive. Mm-hmm. And David's played a f- the first few uh, episodes, levels. I've played the first few levels. Um, where do I begin? Because now I get to finally review it as if I was going to review it and give it an honest to goodness answer. And I got to say that IGN article wasn't wrong when it came to the frame rate issues. I've, it's very apparent, especially when you load menus and like my switch is not a launch switch, but it's like two, three years old. And like, you see the stutter, the stutter does happen every once in a while. The other thing I find really interesting and I don't know if you're are seeing it as well as when you go through the photo evaluation, almost every photo looks grainy as hell. So you can't actually tell like if you took a good picture or not, you know? Uh, I'd have to disagree with you on that one. Oh, maybe it's just my TV. I, w- I, I would d- say I haven't I noticed any of that stuff. Um, visually speaking, the game does look good. <laughs> uh, I personally have not noticed a lot of slowdown or frame rate issues. Uh, maybe it's there, but I think with the way that the game is designed for the most part, you're so focused on what's going on, trying to get your, your, your good shot, the perfect picture and kind of moving things around that you don't really focus on any of the frame rate issues. Mind you, I haven't really had anything that was, super massive in the game that they kind of took over the screen. Yeah. There's not a ton right now. Right. Like so early on. I, yeah, I, I think, and, and I can't say I've had any complaints or notice anything grainy about the uh, picture. So maybe it's uh, some video settings on your TV. I'm um, playing it on the 4k TV. <laughs> yeah. Definitely I play it on the- my, like mine has not. game mode enabled, so it adjusts based uh, off the system. No, see, the, there's your problem. Game mode focuses on increasing responsiveness, so lower latency at the sacrifice of visual quality. But I don't even so have it going through the 4K port. It doesn't matter. Your 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 TV is doing stuff to increase uh, or lower the um, response time or I guess increase the response time, um, and it lowers the visual quality. Fair enough. That's, that's um, what game mode does. <laughs> so so let, let's talk about it at face value. It's definitely not the original Pokemon Snap. It there, is far from the original Pokemon Snap. But I also feel like some of the things that the original Pokemon Snap had have been lost in this new version or iteration of it, and it, to me, cheapens it slightly. When you would get photos evaluated from Professor Oak and he would just hate the photo. Like, you'd know. <laughs> he was kind of a dude. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, you just kind of like, you're always forced to pick the, um, what's it called? The the star rating system. There is no explanation unless you yeah, go on no, the internet. No clue. <laughs> like I still don't get it. It's based like, on I can like take the it. angles. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, like I could take a picture of a Pokemon and I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Like they're doing something cool. It's perfectly framed, all this stuff, and it's like a one star. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And then I could take one, and it's you know sixty feet away, it's doing nothing, and it's a two star. And it's like, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense. Well, some of the star ratings have to do with like the angle or the pose in which, like from what I can gather, it's like angle and pose. But then also anything above four thousand is like a diamond, so you kind of win in that regard, anyways. The one thing I really kind of or that annoyed me the most anyways is you're playing the game and you pick a Pokemon or like you take a shot at a Pokemon and then it kind of like makes you do this whole choice thing. Right. And you're starting to progress through the story and it's it's definitely focused on this crystal bloom. Right. And the Illumina phenomenon Mm -hmm. that Pokemon has. I'm now on a new island where you don't like you don't get to throw that orb on that island. I'm at like level two on that island. Still can't throw that orb. It's like, then why did you teach me about it? But because the Switch controllers are legitimately backwards from an Xbox controller. Do you know how many times I play the goddamn song? <laughs> All the time. Like it's, yeah. it's like that, and I find B and A so confusing. I know going from Nintendo to Xbox and back and forth, it's like 
it's counterintuitive because you sit there and you're like, okay, well, like I know if I'm playing my Xbox and like the pro controller is somewhat similar. So you, you don't really feel the difference. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sometimes taking shots when I shouldn't be. I'm throwing apples when I shouldn't be. It just, I make no sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I now I haven't really, I don't think you can change. Can you change the controls? I haven't tried, but I kind of want to make it more. But like, I want to make it so that like a trigger button is to throw the, or take the the picture, right? Like throw the, an apple or whatever with one and take a picture with the other one. I don't know. I might try that afterwards. I think uh, like it's fun, but it wasn't the, the story and the, the characters are kind of annoying. Back bro. Yeah, I know. I, I think with, with the first Pokemon snap game, the original for N64, there was this excitement in exploring a different aspect or a different angle of the Pokemon universe, right? Mm-hmm. You're, we're not trying to catch these Pokemon. We're not battling them. We're not seeing them fighting, but we're seeing them in their natural habitat. Whereas this, because we already had that excitement, this is just another, like we're just exploring another maps and stuff like that, different areas. It's cool how they do change the more you go through it, right? Whereas every like the turn first, it's different, yeah. Every the first Pokemon Snap game, you know, it was the same thing over and over again, right? Until you've learned like where to throw apples and all that stuff. Whereas this one, it changes just enough that when you play through a map a second time or a third time, something else is there to keep you interested. So yeah. I think in, in that regard, uh, that's a very welcome change to the uh, to the entire. Uh, I don't know. I'm having a brain fart now. Process. <laughs> sure, we'll call it that. <laughs> that you, kind of you're works. not wrong. I think the the two things that are wildly different is the expectation. Do you remember when um, what was it? Batman Arkham Knight came out right after Arkham City. And you lost yeah. kind of all the abilities that you had in the previous game. But yeah. when Arkham City came out, you had absolutely everything that you got from Arkham Asylum. So it was like confusing the progression. Do you know badly I want to throw a pester ball to like annoy Pokemon and they don't exist right now in the game? I'm mm-hmm. not far enough to have the pester ball if mm-hmm. there is a pester ball. So that's annoying. I find the the photo rating mechanic incredibly annoying and like it doesn't make any sense. Some photos I'm yeah. taking are much better and it's like nope, you still don't have it. But overall, I think it was designed to to really prey on that nostalgia factor, but I don't know who it's really marketed to because kids can't I I I don't want to say they can't think that fast because kids are way better at Fortnite than I am. But have you like has Angela tried it? I'm curious. Uh, no, she has not. So Chris likes to play with me and then she'll, she'll kind of take over for a while. But the one thing I noticed is because she's like trying to react, the the camera pointer square is very quick moving with the left stick, right? But your body moves so slow. So it's kind of yeah. like you're focusing two different things and like you can't get the timing down for it. Correct? I ended up having to change the speed of the actual overall camera movement to really high. And then the speed of the pointer or, or the focus ring to, to fairly low. Did you find that worked out better? It worked out better, but it still is. It's I, I find more often that I am not using the pointer thing. <laughs> I'm I'm just focusing. I'm just aiming. I have it in the center and I'm just aiming overall the camera. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 to me was something that was uh I think rather difficult to walk, like to try and teach her because it's like, okay, you want the camera to go here, but your body moves slow, but the inside of that stupid square moves so fast that it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And I assume that just like the old, uh, the old games, you're going to have like a strafe option, right? So maybe that'll be a good thing. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it won't, but like, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just, I'm excited for the way the kind of game is still playing and that's it. So with that being said, we want to know if you guys have played Pokemon Snap. Have you? If you have, awesome. Tell us about it. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us about anything that we talked about today. We uh, we kind of threw everything together today because it was a low news week, but we really had some fun topics that we wanted to discuss with you. 
and we can always do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So oh, be, yeah. Sh- be sure to enjoy your holiday weekend. Be sure to check out Three Men and a Meeple if you can. For myself, for David, thank you for listening. That's me. Come find us wherever you find your podcasts, and we'll see you next week on the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.